you are not hearing Rob's voice today because he has brought me on as a guest host. My name is Michael Rollins. I'm very sorry for what you're about to hear. Today on Recruiting Hell, we're going to get to hear from Rob himself. You're going to hear why he started the show. You're going to hear what are his top tips for getting a job. You're going to hear some teasers about season three. It is going to be pretty fantastic. You're also going to hear about Rob's job. I hope that you enjoy it and uh, catch you on the flip side. Rob, first off, I would like to say thank you for letting me come host your show for a time. Um, You know, we were just talking about it. That is, in my book, that is an incredible amount of trust. And I really appreciate it. And I also know that you're in the hot seat now. And so definitely it's a different change. How does it feel, man? How does it feel to be on the other side? It's a little weird, honestly, especially because, you know, you give up that control of your show. When you have a guest host, you say, here you go, run with it. And of course, as you trumpeted in with everybody here uh, there's quite a different tone so man i'm so glad you're here and thank you again for for agreeing to guest host mike i really sure. appreciate it well thank you man i appreciate it so um you know rob and i have have we've kind of gotten to know each other online um i host uh, a, a, a youtube show uh in the first person drone uh space uh and rob and i have just kind of gotten to know each other it's been a blast it has honestly been really awesome to watch this thing grow so, you know, in that vein, like you started this a, a while ago and why? I mean, you, you, you like, obviously you had a mission, you had something that you wanted to get accomplished. And so the first question is, is why did you do it? And I guess the second one is, is do you think you've accomplished it? That's a good, let me, let me tackle the first one first, because if, if folks have been listening to this show long enough, they know that this has been a, a big journey for me. And they know that I've seen two job hunts in two years, which is crazy. And only, actually, I don't say neither of them was, you know, my fault or my doing in this case. So if we rewind to November of 2019, I stumbled across this file on my computer the other day, and it's the first prototype episode of this show. And it's awful. It's so (laughs) It is literally me for like 55 minutes, just ranting just ah, verbal verbal diarrhea (laughs) it was and it was so bad but it was the culmination and the reason i started the show was that job hunting sucks i mean it's it's in the logo you see it all behind me here job hunting is like the worst problem you can have and i wanted to do something about that not only for myself but i wanted to see if there was a way to kind of template that for other people to help them throughout their job and you know my entire goal initially was man, you got to find a better way to do this. And what better way than to, you know, those who can't do teach, if you will. But, but in that case, it was also for me to make myself follow my own advice and say, this is how you prospect for a job. This is how the steps you take and how you set yourself up for that. And I think if we really look back on it over the course of the, the nine months that this show has been on, it's it's mission accomplished i mean now that's me i don't want to say that like i'm a success story but i am obviously i have a, I have a new position with a, a podcast production company which is really cool so turning a hobby into a job is job awesome is pretty dope but there are also other people on this show um we've done the episodes with them tom jess 
And they've found jobs as a result of this too. I know there are a couple more of them out there who said, you know, I'm, I don't maybe want to be on a podcast, but you guys really helped me to get things from despair to, you know, a payday again. So I, I would call this a success, but you know, we got that mission thing too. So, so I think that, you know, the interesting thing is that, um, you know, you talk about those who do can, or those who can do and those who can't teach. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I take a lot of almost offense to that Be- because it, it, you know, it, it seems to indicate that teaching is the less valuable of those two things. Um, and <clears throat> there are two ways to learn something, right? There's two ways. Uh, there's beat your head against that thing until you understand what shape it is. Uh, and then there is learn from somebody else, talk to the people with wisdom, go find out what you end up like, what, what are the things you need to know about? And, um, you know, we talk about the, you know, okay, well, if you can do it, you go do it. And, and what does that look like from the interview perspective? Like, so if you don't take any advice, if you just go out and start interviewing, what are you going to learn and how long is it going to learn? Is it going to take you to learn it? Or as we would say in the South, what are you going to learn and how long is it going to be to learn? you? Right. Well, <laughs> and the, the interesting thing about like job applications is that for every, every company is different and there's no, there's no silver bullet for it. You can't say if you do this on LinkedIn, this with your application, this with connecting to people and talk to the HR manager and call him or her booby because that's what his his mom called him when he was a kid, then you'll get the job. There's no magic formula to that. And that's that's what makes what uh, job hunting is called, at least, and I've heard, I wish I could find where I found this description. It's called a terrible problem. And the definition of a terrible problem is a problem that has a solution, but you get one shot to fix it. You take your shot and then that shot either hits and you don't know why, or that shot misses and you don't know why. And the big thing about that is that you can't adjust your aim because you only get one shot and you don't know why you missed. So this terrible problem is is what all of job hunting is about because you're at the mercy of HR, ATS systems, all of these things. I hate when I say ATS systems too, because it's system systems, but all of these ATS things, which are powered by people, but you're at the mercy of other human beings to try and make sure that you can pay your bills. And there's just something really irritating about that. Not that, you know, other systems necessarily exist, but that you're at the mercy of a problem that you literally can't get any good intel on. Well, and, it, you know, if, if like the, the classic definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. Yes. But that's where this works. And yeah. And somehow it, it straightens out of that. Like you can send the same resume to a hundred different companies. And for some reason, one works, you know, resume 98 came back for you. You don't know why you don't know what tripped that trigger. You don't know if it was getting through an ATS to a person, it's a small company, whatever it might be, but there's no feedback. And of course, if we talked about in like earlier episodes of this show, legal departments and companies are now discouraging HR recruiters from giving feedback. So you can't even adjust it based on how you did in an interview you got. Yeah. And, and it is, it is, 
that lack of feedback is where the problem is. Because mm-hmm. if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, um, you know, in, like in my sphere, so I'm a software engineer, um, you know, it is very common for people to interview across languages, right? So I write a lot, I have written in the past a lot of Objective-C that doesn't necessarily mean that I qualify to go write JavaScript somewhere, right? right. Now, I can, but there's ramp up time. Um, but the problem is that like it, it, in today's society and just, and you know, I'm, I'm not taking a political stance, but it's kind of madness, right? Like we don't know what the rules are anymore. And so legal is now saying, well, you know, Mike, Mike, uh, he writes objective scene. We really want him to write JavaScript, but we can't tell him because maybe legally that, you know, does something that we can't be held accountable for. And so right. it, it is very, very strange when you go out, you do interviews and you don't ever hear back. You don't know what you could have done better. You don't know what you did wrong, right? Maybe it is that you called that guy Bubby and it was because you Facebook stalked him for five days. Like, you know, I don't know, man. Um, so... <clears throat> In all of this time, in everything that you've been doing, because you, I mean, so far as you know, it's been what, three, four, five people, including, ex- excluding yourself, yes, yes. That, that have been able to find a good job because of this show. What do you right. think? The, of- the critical part there is, and credit the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and credit the show. Part, like, hey, I so, used the stuff you told me, not just, hey, yeah, I found a job, yeah. listen to your show, you know? So, all right, so this is another two-part question. Sure. If you had to pick one thing you learned on this entire show to say that is the best thing that I learned. Now, now listen, I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about your listeners. I'm talking about you. What is the best thing you learned on the show? The best thing I've learned, this is, this is hands down easy. And I hate to hate that it gives a little preview of the top 10 things Uh Uh is that LinkedIn is literally the tool that you can use to parlay yourself from zero to hero. And it's so weird because there's not a manual for that either it's this facebooky popularity contest kind of thing and if you don't play you miss out on so many opportunities and i think that that's the thing that i found early on for myself and for helping build the show that really helped out and i think that that's the one thing that of everything that i've done that has made the most connections. It actually was one of the things that helped land me my job in, in the entirety of, of all the efforts I've made. I really think that learning how to even just, you don't have to master LinkedIn. You just have to play. And if you suck, you suck. And that's fine. But you're still playing and you still have an edge on the people who aren't playing. It's funny. I was actually speaking with a, a good friend today. and he, mm-hmm. He's a police officer. He's like, I think I want to do something different. How do I get into it? Probably a good time and to get out of policing. Though. Probably it is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a tough job right now. It, it is been, a very tough job. He's been written. He's be, he might be getting written up because he followed all the rules, but they're still questioning his following of the rules. It's a very strange time for him. And uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about, uh, we were talking about what he's good at, what his skills are and everything else. And, and, and I basically told him the same thing you did. It's just not about LinkedIn. It's that you want to work, right? You want to work. 
And, and that means people can work with you. Like you're ready to play the game of work. And because you're ready to play the game, you're doing better already than people that don't want to play the game. So, all right. So, you know, that's it. LinkedIn is link. I guess that's probably the number one. So what are your top 10 picks? All right. So we're going to go through this in reverse order. So okay. be ready to head up, jot these all down to the I eye. There are like 10 crossed off things on here that weren't, didn't mm-hmm. make the cut. I got you. So number 10, find three niche job boards for your desired industry. So whether you're a programmer or whatever it might be, go out there and find three job boards that are dedicated just to that industry and visit them every single day. That's how you're going to find the smaller jobs, how you're going to find the things that are not as prevalent or don't get buried on Indeed, Monster, things like that. That's uh, that's number 10. Number nine, learn how to do a pre-mortem and a post-mortem on every single one of your interviews. We, we talked about this a couple episodes ago with uh, with Lori Rudiman, where she, she explained the concept of a pre-mortem. And if, you, if folks have not heard that, go back and listen to that episode. It's about halfway through. And she talks about what a pre-mortem is, which is basically like, how can this fail? So you spend the, well, that's what it's, no, I, I do this in my job. Yeah. Like this, like we sit down and we'll look at something and we'll look at a plan and we'll be like, where is this going to go off the rails? Because it very well might. And if you plan for that in advance, then it's not as surprising. Right. And it can be everything from questions mm-hmm. to your appearance, things like that. Where can the, where is this going off the rails? And when you take the time to address that, you come up with the answers for it. You, you become like a great salesperson who has a re- reply for every single uh, customer. Um, it's talk, oh, it's, well, talking, we it's talking points. It is. It, it it's talking is. points. Yeah. It's talking points for your interview. So I think that that's a, a really solid number nine because mm-hmm. I know I didn't pre-mortem very much until I actually kind of learned what a pre-mortem was. So it's, I think it's pretty solid there. Number eight, and I'm probably going to catch some hate for this one. Get fit. <laughs> I, yeah, go on. It um, is. I mean, it's one of those things. And whatever that means to you, whatever that means to you, does that mean that you have to be a chiseled six pack kind of dude or, or girl or whatever it might be? It doesn't. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but you have to have some level of endurance for a job hunt and it's physical and it's mental. And if you're just sitting there on your backside all day, eating pizza, drinking Mountain Dew, munching Doritos and playing call of duty or whatever your, your poison is, you're not going to be fit for your job hunt. You have to do the exercises up here in your noggin and you have to do at least something to keep your body moving. Otherwise you are literally going to melt into a puddle of nothing because this job hunt will exhaust you. You know, it's funny that you say that because, uh, and, and if you don't want me to comment on all these, I won't, but please do, please. um, I will, I will at least comment on this one. Um, So for the longest time, uh, you know, being in Silicon Valley, having, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to do things like speak and, you know, I, I have been able to speak and do product launches for major companies. And yeah, that's awesome. I always noticed that for the most part, the, the quintessential speaker was always a white guy that looked like a skinny person, almost said the other word. And they had a certain haircut and they wore a certain shirt and a certain, 
And for the longest time, I just assumed that they got picked because they look the part. Um, and so then all of a sudden, I would periodically get picked. And yes, I'm a white guy, but I don't wear the same clothes they do. And I'm certainly not a runner. <laughs> right? Like, I could go run if I needed to, but only if tigers are chasing me. <laughs> right? And then, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, you know, my, my own mental health has become very, very important to me for a lot of specific reasons. Um, but I would go see people about my mental health. And I'm sure you can infer who those people might be. Yeah. And they would always say, they would always say, you need to be active. And I'd be like, what, I got to go run a marathon? And they would be like, no, I, I want you to go walk for 10 minutes a day. And as I looked more, more into it, I started to find out, hey, there's this incredible amount of research that balances the physical with the mental, right? Where um, there's, there's a lot of research that some of your best thinking can come while you're moving, while you're yeah. walking. Some of your, you know, you can suffer catastrophic failures or deal with these amazing, like just awful uh, things that happen, say, in a job. And going for a 30-minute walk can lift that a little bit, right? And then the, the, the prolonged effects of daily physical activity um, are pretty significant, and they, they project themselves as vitality. And yes, and that is so, the, and, and here's the thing. When I was seeing those guys on the stage presenting things in Silicon Valley, it was not, you know, their look, who they are, everything did play into it. But one of the primary reasons that everybody wanted to watch them is that they projected vitality. And the reason they projected vitality was because they were both physically and mentally fit. Right. And that, that, that projection of vitality, I think, is probably the best way to coin uh, this particular one here, number eight, is that nobody wants to go and buy a exercise system, a TV from a fat schlub. They just don't. It's a projection of yourself. Be your best self. I am a 6'3 dude and I weigh more than three bills. But if I, as I take care of myself and things like that, the things about me that are appealing and attractive to people that make them want to hire me, want to talk to me, want to make me a speaker at an event and things like that, you know, broad shoulders, big smile, charismatic personality, that stuff all shines brighter when I minimize things like my gut and things like, you know, it's really something that, Anybody of any age who's applying for a job, you got to find something that helps to make sure that you're showing your best self to an employer. Because as much as we want to say, oh, people don't discriminate, they do, they do, they do. And it's yeah. really, really an unfortunate thing um, that sometimes that happens. And mm -hmm. the one way to fight that, aside from, you know, systemically changing certain things in society is to make sure that you're you're in better shape than you are now. And that, again, that doesn't have to be dropping 100 pounds. It could be dropping 10. It could be dropping two. I, you know what? I'm going to even fight back against that. I don't think it needs to even be cataloged in pounds. Correct, yes. Because being able to walk six minutes tomorrow versus the five minutes today is a huge improvement. Right, yes. And, and a lot of times, even like, you know, face gains is what people, mm -hmm. you know, people look slimmer in the face yeah. just because they've either put weight off or they've converted weight to something different in their body. That's completely, you know, you don't have to be, again, this, you know, Dwayne Johnson kind of looking 
figure to win a job hunt or anything like that. You just have to look like you're trying to put some effort in on that. So we're right, let's let's, yeah, let's move on. on. Number six. There gonna be two hours at this point. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Double episode. Number six <laughs> is to create a pipeline document in a spreadsheet, like Excel or Google Sheets. And you have to track what company you applied to in the first column, the date you applied to it, the date they responded to you. And then, of course, you want to articulate for each and every one of those companies what your follow-up strategy is. Did they say not to follow up? Did they say, did they not say anything whatsoever? Have they followed up with you? You have to get a cadence on these folks to say, this is when I follow up because I am intrigued in this job. And you want to make sure that this is something that you consistently do time after time again, because, because you will need to follow up with a lot of these companies. Again, some of them say don't, but others don't say anything. And that's an invitation to you to throw yourself out there and say, hey, I'm interested in this position. You should talk to me. All righty. Number five. Number five, this one, this one comes from uh, about eight episodes ago, episode 32 or so. And it's the achievements page, the achievements page for your resume. So you go to an interview. In 2021, you're going to an interview, you're bringing a copy of your cover letter, you're bringing a copy of your resume, two or three of them, perhaps, if possible, you are bringing what's called an achievements page, we detail that back in uh, that episode with James, and you should really go listen to that because the achievements page is everything that doesn't fit on your resume. Those are the things it's the, it's not an appendix, it's something that is, hey, look at all this other cool crap I've done with my life. And you bring that to people. So when you bring, you know, cover letter, two or three copies of two page resume, an achievements page, you know, just look at seven, eight pieces of paper there. That's in a nice folder. And you should be bringing that to every single interview because it not only shows preparation, but it also shows that you're more than just those two sheets of paper. And interviewers are going to want to dig into that and say, so what's all this other paper about? Tell us. It's funny, you know, there's a, there was a young man that, um, so I, in my past, uh, I worked for Yahoo. Um, and oh, I, I did not for, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, I worked That's for a cool. company. I worked for a company called Flurry, which was this uh, mobile analytics provider. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they got acquired by Yahoo. And so we became Flurry by Yahoo. And uh, it was, it was pretty cool for a while. Um, and this, it actually speaking of like, I, I gave this big product presentation in front of like, you know, 1500, 2000 people, wow. this one conference. And it was a blast. I thought for a moment I was going to get fired because I kind of channeled my inner Beyonce for a joke. And luckily it landed. <laughs> so we'll move on. Uh, and so afterwards, there was this young man that approached me and he started talking to me and he was maybe 19 years old. Uh, and he started asking me about, hey, you know, do y'all have any internships? We did not. And the more that I talked to him, the more that I was like, this guy, this guy's really got something going on. And so I talked to my boss. I was like, let's bring him in for an interview. He's like, we don't have any internships. I was like, make one. And so this, <laughs> this, young, this young man showed up and, and he brought an achievements page. And the thing was, is even though he was interviewing for a software engineering internship, he mm -hmm. didn't have any software engineering experience, but he had an incredible amount of maker experience. Mm -hmm. 
And he had really? done all of these things in the past in a maker kind of a manner. So he would do electronics and robotics and all this other stuff. And we just looked at this page. And even though there was nothing on the resume, we looked at this achievement page and, it was, and basically said, we can teach this guy anything. We can teach it to him. And, and it was really great for him because he did do the internship. It was fantastic. We really enjoyed having him. But it was a paid internship and he went on to pay for all of his college as a result. That's awesome. And so his achievements page is what got him the internship, which also paid for his college. So again, there's the curiosity factor, the, hey, yeah. you've got this in, on the two, th two page thing that came through the computer, but mm -hmm. you also brought more A game on a separate sheet, which I really like. Yeah. So this one is one I'm probably going to catch a little more hate for. And this is from uh, from about two episodes ago, number Four, lose the old email address. If you have an, <laughs> oh man, the, you would be so surprised. If you have an AOL, a Yahoo, a Hotmail, a MSN, any of these ancient old ISPs, get rid of that ISP yeah. email address. It is so bad. It is like poison for your resume because not only does it, tip people off that you of your age so it allows discrimination against you mm -hmm. but it's also there is so much more that you can do with a gmail account like oh my gosh and learning you're almost learning with it if you don't know how to use g suite getting a gmail account almost forces you to learn g suite and i really think that for folks who are i'm i just turned 35 so i'm gonna be very careful with how i say this but i think if you're over the age of 35 and you have a web domain on your email address that is anything that was founded before 2005 get rid of it convert to something new get to a gmail they're free which is awesome and get that thing off your resume because it dates you yep yep no, that, you're right that's it a does. fun one and it's and I, I came up with that one kind of on, on the fly a couple of weeks ago and i'm like oh my oh my god how people people got to get this out of here because it it's it sucks to migrate an email it does but it's one of those things where you're literally throwing up a red flag that says, hey, I'm XYZ years old. And I think for, for 2021, with the way things are going, we need to make sure that we are all looking as uh, fresh. fresh. Yes, fresh is a great fresh, as yes, possible, fresh. regardless of our age, regardless of our standing. Yeah. Number three, and this is where LinkedIn comes back in, double down on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. double down on LinkedIn, get more connections, talk to people have those virtual coffees. If you're not employed right now, if you're on a job hunt, you should be dedicating an hour a day to having two virtual coffee appointments with people. You really should be. Make those connections on LinkedIn, comment on people's statuses, and eventually you're going to be able to say, hey man, I want to just get to know you. You network for the give, you network for the, hey, this is who I am. I want to know who you are. Is there anything that I can do to help you succeed? Mr. Person I am, I am looking to network with. And that's what's going to really start driving that. When you engage with people's posts, it of course fuels the LinkedIn algorithm, but also that you have people that are going, you know what? That Mike Rollins guy, he seems like an interesting character. I should really talk to him because even if I just talk to him and I find that we have like nothing in common, it's still a link. It's still a tally on the board of you made a connection maybe it wasn't a huge connection but they might think of you the next time they have a job position and say oh man 
I was looking for a software engineer. I talked to that Mike guy a few weeks ago. I wonder if he's open to it. So yeah, so double and down on LinkedIn. I can I, and I know we're, we're it's we're going so long, but I, I want to add here. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> there is there is a fantastic tool for doing that, which is, and it's it is a beautiful ego stroke without seeming like an ego stroke. Which is, hey Rob, <clears throat> you know I. I am, you know what, man, I am not looking for you to give me a job. I feel like there's something I could learn from you. I feel like there's a lot of wisdom there. And I was wondering yes. if I could have, can I just have 10 or 15 minutes to, to just really, you know, talk with you and don't ever use pick your brain, but to talk with you about, and then you have a single topic yes. that you want to talk about. And you have indicated a, that you're hunting. You have indicated because when you said I don't want, I'm not looking for a job from you, it is it infers that you are looking for a job. Number two, you've straight up told them without telling them that they are valuable to you, um, and then you also told them that you think they're smart, uh, and then you've given them a very specific topic which should inform them that you have researched them a bit. Correct. Yeah. You're looking for yeah. that one thing that they really are an expertise. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that yeah. uh, last episode with the, uh, the micro networking is what I called mm -hmm. it, where you find that little chink in the armor and you exploit that because it means something incredibly to them. And I really like that, that you, you touched on that, Mike, because you're not ever going to somebody in networking and say, Hey, I need a job. Like right. that just reeks of desperation and people, people, push away from desperation people yeah. don't go and rescue a drowning man you know things mm -hmm. like that so number two we're almost done here number two let me find that here ah uh, this is a fun one uh, i've been doing this more and more often with people who've connected with me on linkedin use types of outreach that people aren't using and i'm going to use an example of yeah. uh, a free recording video service and shout out to my company's client ethan for inventing this mm -hmm. current thing it's called bomb 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 is the bomb. It's a recording service. So basically it, it harnesses your microphone, your webcam, and you can do on the fly videos, which is just really awesome. You can email them, you can paste them into chats and things like that. And it's a really great tool because it is such a unique and personalized response. And I've been using this on LinkedIn, which is really cool to say, you know, when somebody says, well, Rob, what do you think about that? I don't type them out a response. I record them a video. And that's something that is really going to go the extra mile with recruiters, with uh, hiring managers, with all these people who are looking at you and saying, wow, you know what? This guy made a custom response, went out of his or her way to go and do something that is a step beyond, you know, saying, hey, Mike, I saw your question about X, Y, Z. This is what I think about it. And you continue from there. And that's an excellent way to network. It really is. I saw some, I saw my uh, company CEO blow a dude's mind by doing this for that, for him. And he's that's like, awesome. holy cow, yeah. you practice what you preach. And it's like, yeah. yes, we do. Because that human connection is what's mm -hmm. going to get you a job. It's a great thing. So yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead. I was just going to plug bombbomb.com yeah. one more time. Uh, Ethan right, is, yeah. he's connected to me on LinkedIn. He's a, he is the nicest human being in the world. Wonderful person. But it, uh, yeah. It also That's works low tech. How many, oh, yeah. I, I've heard, I've heard stories of people that ended up getting the job because they sent an actual letter thanking the interviewer afterwards. Yep. I'm a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. 
So, yep. all right. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for that. Thank you, mom. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I, I always used to pencil them out in the car. Mm-hmm. I used to write, I used to have an interview uh, when we went to in-person interviews. Right, in-person interviews. Yeah. Is yeah. I would have a supply of thank you notes in the car. And as I left the, left the interview, as long as I, you know, didn't have to go somewhere like right then, I'd sit in the parking lot and I would write out that thank you note and I'd look towards the sign of the building, get that address, put it on the envelope, seal mm-hmm. that sucker up, take it home, stamp, boom, mail. There you go. So it's great. Last one, top tip for 2021. Number one, look into remote positions. More than anything, the pandemic has shifted the way that the world works. A remote position is no longer anything that is a a taboo thing. It really isn't. You you need to look towards companies that are hiring whether they're out of state, whether they're in state, whether you are working remote fully, partially, whatever it might be, remote is where it's at. And it has so many opportunities, uh, especially because there are folks who are focusing on making remote easier to access. Uh, we had one of them on here uh, two weeks ago, uh, Demi Yang from careervault.io. And she was, this this girl is on the forefront I mean, she was on Reddit the other day. I had to drop her name on in a thread. Mm-hmm. And they're like, people went nuts. I got like 150 nice. karma from dropping her name in a thread of like, nice. y'all should go see this. But yeah, Career Vault is and other sites like that that are hiring remote, hiring for positions that are out of state are really probably the wave of the future. Plus, the other thing that I got to tell you from being a fully remote worker now, no commute is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Oh my God. There's like, you walk from your breakfast table to your desk and you're at work. There's no traffic to fight. There's no parking spaces to find. There's no parking meters to feed. You're at work. And when it's going home time, you don't have to fight traffic. It's unbelievably cool. I love remote work. I am a huge fan. And that's coming from somebody who was against it three years ago. Uh, So I have been remote for most of my career. Which is crazy. Um, Because I I live in Virginia (laughs) and I've worked in Silicon Valley for almost a decade now. And uh, it's really interesting because you're right. For a long time, I really had to fight to prove that I could do the job that I was doing while remote. And what was always so funny to me is I'd go to the home office and I'd see the people that I was working with and they didn't do half as much as I did. Right. They'd like, they'd go have two hour uh, foosball games (laughs) while the whole time I'd be like, you know, right. yourself to death. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but no, uh, it is very, very true. And I'm actually quite pleased by the whole thing because now all of a sudden my ability to get a job elsewhere has gone through the roof. Right. And that, and that's awesome too. And the other thing to think about too, is think of how many cars are off the road. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I am no environmentalist. I know I, mm-hmm. I have a 20 pound right. beef yeah. brisket in the fridge right now. <laughs> and like, right. I know meat is bad for the environment, but I'm going to yeah. dab and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, just think I have driven just a couple hundred miles this year. And yes, it sucks to stay home and be like a homebody because pandemics are terrible. But after this, I will have no problem with not commuting 45 minutes every morning in good traffic to downtown Milwaukee. There's no reason why I should do that because I can do everything that I need to for my job right from this terminal right here. Right. It's freaking awesome. Cool. So those are, those are, those are actually pretty fantastic tips. I, uh, I will definitely take note of them if I should possibly need them in the future. Got it, buddy. Um, so let's talk about, so this is the end of season two, right? It's the end of season two. This is the finale. 
right? And what better way to end the season than with you and you're talking about your reflections on it. What are you planning for season three? Because I mean, it sounds like you've, you've landed your job. So where are you going with season three? Is this show over? That's a good question. And you know, I said to myself at one point, I said, you know what? Mission accomplished. You know, it's very, you know, George Bush on the aircraft carrier kind of thing. <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah. But I don't think that it is mission accomplished. Because if we look at the way that the world is going, we look at the way that you hear on the news that there are record numbers of people lining up for food banks, you know, food banks and things like that have seen never seen this many cars winding around blocks and things like that. And I look at that and part of me goes, you know what, hey, I'm glad that's not me. But the other part of me goes, I could have very well been in that line. There's some incarnation of me that is in that line right now. Yep. And yep. that person deserves help. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that those in, with the power to help the powerless have the obligation to do so. And that's why with season three, what we're going to do is we're going to double down on two things. We're going to double down on the quality of our content, and we're going to double down on community around our content, quality and community. And so what that's going to mean is that certain aspects of the recruiting hell brand that have been more prevalent during season two, I don't want to say, I don't ever want to take away anything, but at the same time, it may become less prevalent. For example, I, Instagram, I love my Instagram page. I love my Instagram followers. I have tons of, of like Instagram friends, which is kind of cool. Yes, that's going to stick around. We're going to still post to Instagram, but it's not going to be like, you won't see seven days a week like you used mm -hmm. to in season two, yeah. which yeah. is probably a good thing, honestly. The other part of that is we're actually starting up a community. We're starting up a Discord server for folks who are mm -hmm. looking for jobs. And it's my goal to be in there, not just moderating, you know, typing or things like that, but to be in there on voice as much as I can during the day, whether it's a weekday, a weekend, whatever it might be. And to say, hey, drop in, let's talk about your, your job hunt a little bit and see if we can get you some actionables out there. Still hammering out some rules for the server, but at the same time, I'm really looking forward to, and that's actually been a, a listener request, is more community based around the show. So definitely listen to you folks, which is outstanding. Mm -hmm. uh, the other things that from season two that are probably going to go, I don't want to say go away, but maybe be less prevalent. I really like when we bring on folks who have a company or a product mm -hmm. that is very involved in job hunting you know career vault mock mate uh my career snapshot with rex rex roy and things like that mm -hmm. i think those are all incredibly valuable i'd like to continue to bring options and resources for folks the one thing i think we may step back on are things like books uh that's something where i think judging from my some of my experiences in season two they don't work out too well for the show and the furthering of the actual mission to help people get jobs. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, a media tour for the authors, which is yeah. unfortunate, but at the same time, I get it. They got to do it. I, I am thankful to every single guest, but I'm thinking that it's not quite the, the fit that we're looking for for the show. And I guess, yeah, I can, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I think that, you know, it, going back and talking about like not getting feedback from interviews and things like that, this is feedback that you've gotten not actioning on it would be oh, totally not great 
Exactly. And speaking of feedback, so um, you and I were talking before we, we started this uh, recording, we were talking about my buddy, Tom, who was, um, mm-hmm. who I, I was going to tap to run this, but then I went, oh, Mike will do, Mike will just knock this out of the park. And it's not to say Tom wouldn't, but um, as you said, Tom, Tom, a little more straight, which is just fine. Uh, and you, you have the a little bit more bombasticness that, that I kind of wanted in this case. And again, oh, Tom, I know you're me. listening to this. Tom, I know you're <laughs> Tom. listening. To this. Nothing against you, bro. Nothing against you. I love you, boo. But uh, it was one of those things where he actually did a huge favor to this entire community. Mm-hmm. He uh, did what's called pod doctor. And then one mm-hmm. of his things is Tom is super analytical. He really digs into things and he dug through, I want to say episodes 32 to 36 or something like that wow. with a fine tooth comb. And he gave me six pages of actionable items of like this rocks about the show this does not rock about the show fix this do this this is what i like this is what i don't yeah. like and this necessarily shouldn't be one person's you know it's not somebody dictating what the show is or anything like that but he's picking things out that say you know this doesn't ring with me who's a listener so you should look at it and i'm really grateful that it's a super incredible value to me and i really hope that he uh he takes the time to make that a little bit something for more podcasters, which is really awesome. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting that you say that the company that I work for and I won't, I'm not pitching the company, but, but the company that I work for is like our, our whole thing is running machine learning on top of time series and analytics and things like that. And telling people the things that they should know that they don't. Yeah. And, and having, a and that is so valuable. So valuable. Yeah. People pay thousands of dollars for actionable feedback from customers and or listeners or whatever they are. And I think that, you know, Tom has done us at number one, a great service by telling us kind of the, the things that, again, the things that rock and the things that don't rock. And we're going to take some of that feedback. We won't, we may take all of it. We may take parts of it, but we're going to definitely take all of that feedback into account when it comes to creating season three to make better content that supports that first pillar of making more substantial content. Whereas again, the second pillar is to create content around community and create that community. Pretty awesome. That's pretty fun. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I, it, I, dude, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I am too. And, and the one thing is it just, it takes time. So the one thing that I, I do want to tell our listeners is, you know, we are, hiatus is always a bad word. It really is, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. this is going to take some time to prepare. Mm -hmm. And so for the time being, I would not expect full episodes to come out weekly. It's my Mm -hmm. goal to relaunch later this spring. Uh, It is Mm -hmm. February 15th when we're recording this. My goal is to try and have something ready for you within the next four weeks. That's launchable. Now that means that uh, recruiting hell overtime, our newsletter is going to continue. That's going out every Wednesday afternoon. So if you, if you miss me, if you want more job stuff, you can still tune into that. The actual just full blown, you know, 25 plus minute episodes. We're just taking a brief break. So not only can I load a few into the, into the queue, but also literally focus on them and make them better for you with better actionables and better people to listen to. Rob, you never told me that the goal was 25 minutes. <laughs> 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 we're gonna go over like an hour that, dude, now, that, that is the bare minimum though and you know folks like different lengths of podcasts so it's why oh, we do some that are are 25 some of their 40 some they're a little yeah. bit more close to an hour yeah no that's so funny no my my interviews on my channel typically run hour to two hours yeah 
And then I think that's a great thing because I think there are folks out there that really yeah. do like long form content, but yeah. with those commutes being gone, the pandemic, yeah. uh, that, I know mm-hmm. listenership is like down across the board, yeah. <laughs> which is so. kind of crazy. So, well, let me, let me dig into my topic for you. Ooh, go for it. Okay. So, well, first off, I well, before we get there, season three sounds awesome. I am particularly enamored of your idea to create a community. Uh, because it, it's interesting because in, in the space that I'm going into and I'm niching down on my niche, yeah, um, I am, I am realizing that the community aspect will be super important. So I have also been planning to create a community around what I'm doing. And it, it is, it's very interesting to hear someone else basically express a lot of the same things that I did. Like it's a, it's a community. These folks are here to help themselves and help others. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's real. I like that. I like that, man. I do too. And you know, that's, that's the thing too, is that your community wants to interact with you mm-hmm. or me. I, I, I know that folks do, which is really nice. That, that yeah. Feel yeah. All warm and squishy inside, but I'm internet famous. <laughs> yeah, not really, man. Like, <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> your channel is far more inter- internet famous uh, than mine is. That's yeah, for sure. You never know. Hey, I love all 26 of my subscribers. It's great. Hey, that's right. Oh, gotta you're start, the one. Got to start at one, dude. Got to right? start at one. Um, and I'll also offer you a little bit of encouragement. Um, I think that taking a breather, and it's not hiatus, right? It is yeah. a breather. You have just run a nine-month marathon. You have been putting out content for nine months. And uh, you know, if you've never been in the content producing game, it's exhausting. It is. My first my first season with my channel was a year long. And I remember thinking about 10 months into it that I just wasn't going to make it. By the time I hit a year, I said, I'm done. I took a good solid eight month break uh, because wow. it, there was the pandemic and there was a bunch of other stuff and I was exhausted. Like I had, I, I learned a lot in that first year, an incredible amount. And talking, talking back to the beating your head against the rock. Uh, I did that a few times. Yeah, um, totally. But the, yeah, the, the, being able to step back and catch my breath and having waited too long to step back, uh, I realized I did want to do it. And when I came back at it, I've been far more creative and careful with it. And so I'm not pushing myself. And taking the time, you know, you've proven you can produce. Now it's time to, to double down, like you said, on the, on the quality. Right. And, yeah. and one of the best things you ever said to me, right, when we first met mm-hmm. was you, know, you listened to the <laughs> yeah. show and you said, there's a minimum level of quality that keeps people listening. And it's here. Yeah. And your show is, is, is above, above, the, bar. That, is above yeah. the bar, which is great. And I think for the purposes of getting people better advice, I think it's probably the best thing to, to redo that yeah. in, in so much to, as to get people the, the cutting edge thought, the thought leadership on that in the job hunting space to be like, this is the stuff you need to do this month in 2021. And that's a big job for me. That's a big job for me to find those people, mm-hmm. to find those techniques, to find all that stuff and say, hey, Y'all should listen to this because this is what's mm-hmm. going to land you a position. Just out of curiosity, do Go you ahead. have a pa- do you have a Patreon? I do. I do have Patreon. On. Let's plug that right, right. now. <laughs> and hold on, hold on, because this is me and Rob did not pay me to say this. No, yet. I didn't. Uh, so so uh, 
being on the content, being in the content creator's chair mm -hmm. is fun. It is a challenge. It is exhausting and it is expensive. Um, hosting tools, time, uh, knowing that, you know, I, I mean, I know for me, there are, there, are, there are weeks where I know that I've put in 10 hours into an episode and sometimes I'm like, what's the monetary return on that 10 hours? Yeah. And it comes out to 25 cents an hour. Right. But having, having patrons on Patreon is, it is just, it, you know, for me, it's not a bunch of money but it is so gratifying to know that there are people out there that will just contribute to this thing that I'm doing, mm -hmm. not because it's transactional, but because they love what I do. And so if you are listening to Rob right now, and like I said, he hasn't paid me yet. If you're listening to Rob right now <laughs> and you love what he does, go to that Patreon and drop them a dollar a month, whatever it is, just it, dude, like all you got to do is find the minimum. And it is so energizing to this guy. I promise you, he will appreciate it. It is. And you know, it's one of those things. There are, there are two wonderful patrons who have been along for almost the entire ride. Ever since I started a Patreon page, um, Scott, who's out there, mm -hmm. he is, yeah. he is in and out. And, and after you and I are done with this, I'll tell you who Scott is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then also Kenny, uh, uh -huh. after you and I are done with this, I will tell you who Kenny is. But they have supported uh -huh. the show mm -hmm. to a massive tune uh, over the past like six or seven months. I mean, these guys, they like the show. They like mm -hmm. the fact that it helps people. And they're willing to take part of their paycheck and say, you know what, Rob, I, I think that you are a, a worthwhile cause to help the world with it. And that is so like... Oh, it's a thumper, man. It really is. It, it just hits you in the core, especially when, you know, and this does not denigrate anything. You know, if you go with the, the base tier that we have, which is $3 a month, I love you from the bottom of my heart, but these guys are dropping, you know, nine and $25 respectively. And it's like, like, really? Yeah. Like, like yeah. that is such, such a cool thing to be like, you really believe in this and you really mm -hmm. believe in helping people and you believe in me. And that is just nothing charges you up like that. Nothing. Yeah. I know. I know when I went on my break and I was not sure if I was coming back, my patrons were one of the thing that I kept, one of the things I kept coming back to was like, and they would periodically message me. They'd be like, and they'd say things like, come back when you're ready. Wow. But man, we miss you. <laughs> you know, That's and it'd so be cool. like, oh, okay. I think, all right. I think I might. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, it is. Yeah, as the creator, when somebody does entrust you with their money, um, it says something deep. And it's not yes. like it's not like either one of us is getting rich off this thing right now. Not yet. Uh, and maybe, <laughs> maybe we will one day, you know, God willing and the creek don't rise. But uh yeah, it is, it is, it's a thing. So all right, yeah, we'll totally move is. on. We'll, sure. we'll quit we'll quit pitching your Patreon and right. you can <laughs> you can pay me when we're done. Uh <laughs> So, all right, topic, topic. So, you know, going back to, you did something and I'm not even sure you realize you did it. And I think it's really interesting because this is one of those things that I see other people wrestle with a lot. And people, people are sitting there and they go, I'm really interested in this topic. I don't think I know enough about it to really talk about it though. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. 
And I know that at the beginning of this whole thing, it's not like you were an expert at job hunting. You didn't even want to be an expert at job hunting. Right, yes. Right? And now we're sitting here, you know, nine or so months later, or, or longer than that. I think you, right. you mentioned it was from like November of 2019. Well, it was, it was two job hunts from May to, May to December okay. and then yeah. followed up yeah. April to mm. January, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't let your quote unquote inexperience stop you. What was your, what was your thinking? Like when you started it, you said the first one was a rant. Like, yeah. why did you, why did you keep going? Because look, I rant all the time, but that doesn't mean I start podcasts about my rants. Like, why did you keep going? I, I think it was because it was such a infuriating thing. Like it was a little shout at the hurricane moment. Like, and, and for folks who don't know what a shout at the hurricane moment is, it's that. Oh, you've got. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is exactly. It is out there screaming into something that you have no hope of overcoming defiance absolute defiance of no this will not beat me and even you might be swept away by waters or wind or a rogue two by four or whatever it might be but you're out there and until you get smoked by that two by four you are screaming your defiance to the hurricane and you know i said i found that that episode zero if you will maybe i'll release that someday as like some sort of of crazy vault content because you should i have an idea put it behind a one dollar tier maybe if you that's that, people, that's a that, really yeah. good idea if you want to hear there that rant i think I'll yeah. set that yeah. up here i like it soon. but uh, nobody really wants to hear that but if they want to hear oh it god <laughs> it, it, it's just it's so bad it is so bad right. it's it's like the first five or six episodes all mashed together into just this tirade and it's so it's so bad it's good almost because you look at something like episode 20 or episode uh, 34 or something like that and they are such light years apart that it's it's so interesting yeah. Yeah. but the the reason that this became a podcast was because I said to myself I know I can get myself a job I know I've landed really good jobs in the past and that's just a matter of time sometimes because that's what I've been able to do with my career you know I've gotten very lucky in in the fact that I was able to work with some organizations that taught me a lot of stuff. And I said, you know what? There's a lot more that I know that I can share with people. And that's what turned this into a podcast was that it wasn't just about me. It wasn't just about, Hey, let's get Rob a job. Yeah. Part of it was like, let's, let's make myself accountable and, and use the show to keep myself accountable. But the other part is, is that there's another phrase I've, I've said a lot of times you've, you've probably heard the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats. All boats. Yes. Right. I've heard that. But have you ever heard my follow-up to it? What's that? Be the tide. I like it. Right? You lift the boats. If you are something, somebody that is making impact, you're going to bring everybody else up. And that was the the real heart of this show and what kind of got it running through about episode five. It was literally mm-hmm. a little bit of, of tapping into my sales and some of a little bit of the, the sparse marketing background that I had at the time to say, you know what? I think I can teach people how to prospect a better job, how to find something that they might actually enjoy doing and not hate 90,000 hours of their life. Like, and I think that's, I think that's worth doing. So that's why it became a show. So the, the, here's the thing that I've always thought about, right? Like everybody just assumes that the leaders are five miles down the road. 
right? That the leaders are the people that, you know, they, they've already walked, literally walked the path that you're on and they walked it 10 years ago, right? right. Like, even though it's raining and even though the footing on the mountain is treacherous, the leader is always already at the top. And because the leader's at the top, you might be able to get there. But I've, I've always felt like in point of fact, the difference between a leader and somebody that's following them is oftentimes half a step. It can be. It definitely can be. <clears throat> and, and, you know, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is that a leader is not necessarily, you know, I was earlier in my career, I uh, worked with a, a guy who was a U.S. Army tanker. Mm-hmm. And he asked me one day, he said, Rob, what's the best kind of leader? Is it the one that leads from the front? Is the one that leads from the rear? Is the one that leads from the side? And at the time I said to him, I said, Mark, it's the one that leads from the front because, you know, charge forth and, and you, know, yeah. you know, I am inspiring the rest of you behind me. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And because I, I knew the guy who led from the back, you know, the, the general type was yeah. not the not the one that I would follow in that case. Yeah. I'd follow the, the sergeant at the front. And he says, mm-hmm. no, no, no. The guy at the side, the guy at the side who guides everybody, who looks at everything, he's still in the thick of this, but he's helping everybody out. That leader is still there with you and he's controlling the show. But at the same time, he's also going through some of the same garbage that you are. And that's basically the way that this was, was it wasn't necessarily, I mean, some of it was a, hey, follow me, let's go, you know, for the glory of job hunting. But the (laughs) other part was, you know, we, we say it at the end of every show, Recruiting Hell is here to help you keep pace. And what does somebody who keeps pace do for you when you're running? They run beside They're with you. you. Mm-hmm. They run right beside you. And so that, I think, is, is the biggest takeaway from that leaders don't have to be at the summit. They are climbing with you. They are sinking crampons into the rock to help make sure that you come up the mountain, too. So... All right. So I think you, you have officially acknowledged your place as a leader in this. And I, I think you are, I think you have become that. So going back to those who can do and those who can't teach. Yeah. What's the difference between a leader and a teacher in this case? That's a great question. That is a really defining question because a leader obviously, obviously sort of shows you the way, but I think the teacher brings you the understanding to do it for yourself and repeat the thing. Mm-hmm. So if, if we're climbing a mountain and you're leading me up the mountain, you're the one who's setting all the little hammer things into the rock and everything like that. And you're, and, but you're not teaching me how to look to set the, the cramp. I think it's a, it's a cramp. Crampons, crampons, cramp, yeah. Crampon, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're, you're not teaching me how to look at the rock to set a good one of those. Mm-hmm. And a teacher leads you, but also takes the time to point out why you should set that cramp on here and not there. Because if you set it there, you're going to fall down the darn mountain, which <laughs> I'm not going to tell, tell the story of the, the college professor uh, that I had, who uh, had a guy fall down the mountain past him, but uh, oh, oh yeah, oh, uh, maybe, oh. I, maybe I have to now, but yeah. uh, oh. shout out to the guy who told me to, to told me to shut my mouth when I was about 22 years old in his class, uh, Dr. Brad Butterfield at University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, told us a story. Uh, he was from Colorado. He was mountaineering once. He did big time rock climbing, but they always climb with safety gear. Well, they had yeah. one guy on the mountain who was the the bee's knees of climbing. He was like Spider Man, man, and they they <laughs> thought that he was something else, but he didn't use any safety gear. 
Mm. And one day they're climbing the mountain and all of a sudden they hear this sound of and this body falls past them. And all they can Ooh. all they can hear from them, and I'm gonna break one of my uh uh show rules here for for you know mild profanity, if you will, but the guy is screaming back at them, so long, you bastards. Like, wow, what, what, a, what a way to go, right? So <laughs> the 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 teacher prevents you from becoming that dude basically because yeah. he teaches mm-hmm. you how to set your your uh, safety lines and that that mm-hmm. was that's one of the weirdest stories i've ever been told but it, it impacts yeah. impacts me even today because that guy knew he was dead he knew mm-hmm. that he was he was going to die and they mm-hmm. found him unfortunately in a heap at the bottom of the mountain and yeah really sad he, he said because he's yeah. a decent dude and everything like that but uh they, he said, you know, it was one of those things that made me always double check my safety gear, maybe mm-hmm. always, you know, do the things that I was taught and re reaffirm of why we worked the way Did we it. worked. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's such a, such a neat thing. And it, it relates to job hunting too, because if you set those, those safety things of, you know, multiple job offers and things like that, and getting those multiple opportunities, you never just plummet back to the bottom of being you know, jobless, you have other irons in the fire. And I think that that's, that's really kind of what he teaches us. Uh, despite the fact that, uh, that guy who Dr. Butterfield knew mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> final, final question on final our topic question, here. Right. Well, maybe the final question, it depends on if I like another question after this. <laughs> um, do you have to know everything about a topic to teach it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's, there's a, a presumptuousness i would think in mm-hmm. certain fields that oh yes i'm i'm a scientist i'm a doctor i'm a whatever the heck you are and i know so much but the people i found in my life who are really truly worth learning from mm-hmm. are the ones that take the humble approach uh, i had a chemistry teacher who uh, was just a, a gem of a guy i think he's passed on by now really mm-hmm. great dude and he mentioned, you know, the day you stop learning in your position is the day you should quit and find something new. And, and so it was really, that was formative. He said that to me like 20 years ago. And that was something where it was like, you know what, Mr. Anthony, you're right. You're right. The second you stop loving what you do and the second you stop learning, that's when you should go find something else. And I think when you're a a teacher, if you don't continue education, I mean, there, there are continuing education courses for everything. I have an insurance license. I had to take continuing education for that this past year. You don't know everything. You just don't. Even if you're a teacher, you can't possibly pack everything into your noggin. And I think that anybody who says they know everything is full of garbage. You know, so the, the, the thing that I... <clears throat> Uh, like I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you, right? And, and you know, we touched base a while ago and you tell me about the, the rant that you had at the beginning. And I just sit and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at- the ending with I'm, a rant? I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 you're good, you're good. Uh, so the, the, but I'm sitting here looking at it and you just handed out one of the best top 10 job hunting lists I think I've ever heard. Well, thank ever. you, man. And I'm sitting here going- the only reason you gave that out is because you went seeking other people's wisdom and taught it yeah. to the people behind you. Right. Cause you know, five or six of those at least on that list are mm-hmm. not necessarily original to me. The one that I think I, the only one I truly think I can claim entirely 
is the update your email address one, which I, I'm very, pro- <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud yeah. of that one for some reason. But yeah, because it's it's so it's so obvious, but it's not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you're and you're right. Seeking out other people's stuff in I think the Einstein quote is I have achieved so much because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. Yep. That that totally applies here. It really does. So now from where you're standing, you have not only helped other people get a job, you helped yourself get a job. You and and more interestingly enough, you found a job with a company that does the thing that you love now, which is podcasting. It's so weird. So, you know, there's, there's this thought process that I've been going through on my own recently, which is, I feel like I'm a very good individual influencer, right? I feel like one-on-one, I can talk to people and, and I like to think I've got a little bit of wisdom and sometimes I don't, my wife will let me know when I don't, but I feel like one-on-one I can help, you know, really speak to someone, speak to their heart. But recently I've realized that that's not enough for me. And how do I go from being a one-on-one influencer to being a one-to-many? And as I sit here and I listen to you and listen to the story and we talk through this, this culmination of season two, I realize that you have found the perfect example of going from one-to-one to going to one-to-many and helping yourself fantastically along the way. Right, and, and that's one of those things where like the goal part of the goal at first was like, you know what, this is going to be a great portfolio piece, no matter sure. what happens. Like Are you, you told me that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and there's, and I hope that's not a selfish thought. I really I hope, like when, when you go and you create something and say, you know what, I can use this later in life, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But I really felt from day one, like that I knew enough to get myself something and I just needed the time and, and to get the, the formula right but that there's also so much from that formula that maybe other people don't know. And I really think that that's the entire crux of this show is that you might have pieces of the puzzle, but if you don't have all of them, if you're not playing with a full deck of cards, you, you need to tune in and you need to find it from, you know, you need to have somebody go out there and and scrape this stuff up for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'd like to continue doing it. I really would. Cause I, I enjoy having people on. I enjoy the, the concept of a podcast. And I, honestly, I'd really like it to be something where, you know, someday I see a, in another state, somebody wearing one of these t-shirts, you know, like that would be yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be, that's my next goal. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I mean, the, <clears throat> I think the thing, and I'm, I'm going to summarize my thoughts here. Yeah, go for it. Um, Cause I like to hear myself talk. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, you took a you you realized you had a little bit to give and you realized that there was more that you could learn and you set out to teach the little bit that you knew to others and learn more from the people that could teach you but you didn't stop you turned it into a cycle and so as these other people taught you things you turned around and taught the people behind you and now you stand, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm very impressed, very impressed. The reason is, and I hope that you enjoy your podcast company job. Very likely, <laughs> very likely will not be the place you end up lasting or not the place you end up staying forever. Because I, I'm going to make a prediction. Two years, five years down the road, this is your job. 
right? This, com this community that you're building, this brand that you've built, this thing that you've done where you have turned it into almost a, a very nice little virtuous cycle package, right? You are, you're, ta you're tapping into a group of people that need help and making them better. And therefore, they're going to bring more people in. And I would not be shocked at all if in two years we chat again. I'm sure we'll chat before that. Oh, we'll but if, it, that. if in two years you're like, hey, Mike, I just left my other job to do recruiting health full time. That would be so weird. That would be so weird. Right. And again, you know, it, it's so funny because the, the, the audience in a, in a job hunting podcast is almost like self-terminating, which is a little strange. Like you find a job, you stop mm -hmm. listening to the podcast about jobs, but yeah. that's why we touch on other things too, like mm -hmm. finding promotions and getting mm -hmm. extra stuff in your cycle. So I hope that nobody ever truly leaves this audience because when you're at a position too, and, th and this goes for me right now, this goes for you right now, Mike, the world doesn't stop. The job hunting world doesn't stop. And if you're out of it for one, two, or more years, you really get behind. I mean, I was in the job hunt in 2013, was still employed at the time, and I found a job I stayed at for five years, or a company I stayed at for five years. And by the time I exited that company, five years later, the entire job market had changed entirely. I was lost, I was lost in that 2019. It was unbelievable. So here's to here's to the future man i really i think I, I hope your predictions come true it's gonna take a lot of work from me and it's gonna take a lot of uh interaction and engagement from me to make sure that everybody who's been on this ride so far sticks around if they'd like to and of course to to work with other folks who are talented to bring more people to it so that they can learn some of this great stuff about finding a job i agree and ladies and gentlemen with that we are out on season two I hope that you have enjoyed this little bit of a podcast, but more importantly, I hope you stick around for all of season three. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you, Mike. And again, folks, from all of us here at Recruiting Hell, myself, Mike being our guest host today, and of course, the folks behind the scenes who make some of the things happen, uh, my buddy Alex, my uh, good friend Sasha on, on uh, TikTok and things like that. There's been a lot that's gone into this uh, drop uh Drop us a line, of course, at the recruiting help podcast at gmail.com. And of course, mm -hmm. drop us uh, any sort of feedback or initiatives you'd like to see for season three. Follow us on all the socials. And of course, uh, as Mike said, uh, maybe go visit that Patreon, patreon.com slash recruiting help. Or hey, Patreon, there you go. buy one of these t shirts. They're a lot of fun. They're really cool. <laughs> Actually, they're really, really nicely made. <laughs> but other than that, thank you from the bottom of my heart, no matter if you listen to one episode or all 40 of them for being a part of the recruiting health community. I look forward to continuing to serve you in your job hunt onward into 2021. Here's to season three. And thanks again for being a listener. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios here in fabulous Wisconsin. And of course we do thank Purple Planet Music for all of our themes and you the listener for tuning in. Remember your job hunt is a marathon, not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. <laughs>